Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, we're back. Chase Thomas podcast with the great ATL and twenty nine, the most NPR type Atlanta Hawks podcast that I love. It's just very calm. It's very soothing. It's a show that should have uh, my favorite. Like I'm a big jazz guy, Kevin, and I. I just I want some Miles Davis in the background. I want some Bill Evans trio in the background because it's just it's just nice. Like it's just like they're they're having a really nice time talking about a team that cannot play a lick of defense, and it's it's nice. It makes me feel better. I watch the Hawks, and I I'm just like I'm not sure who they can defend, but you know Jalen Johnson gone for a month hasn't been great. Don't <laughs> like that, but I listen to ATL and 29, and they're just all they're nice. It's just a nice podcast. That's that's how I would describe it, Kevin. I appreciate you uh, plugging the podcast like that. I am a, I am a devoted night owl. My wife works nights, mm. and Glenn is on the West Coast, so we record at midnight, one a.m. East time. So it's it's too late at night to to mm. be anything but chill. Like if, if I get too upset that late at night, it's it's not good. It's not healthy. So we we got to have that relaxed vibe for sure. I mean, when you and then you throw in Brad sometimes and he's just always even killed Brad. Like, I'm waiting for the point. Like, I don't know what year it's going to take on the Hawks beat for Brad to really become the take guy. I, I don't know what year it's going to take for him. But the whole it, everything's mild mannered. I, I want to Brad unleash the unleash the venom Brad at some point on one of these podcasts because it's just it's all nice. It's just everything's delightful. And it's just I, I, I very much enjoy it. when Brad pops in. And I'm like, man, 
it's uh I, I need something to to spice it up i need some spice i need i need someone to be like actually uh deandre hunter dmpcd let's get him out of here let's start getting De- like let's get some stuff like that uh, in there who i'm ready to eject on the deandre hunter experience uh it's not that kind of podcast which i like yeah we know we're trying to be you know analytical and even mm-hmm. and not fall prey to the whims of the win a game lose a game highs well, i take notes like it's a podcast where you can take notes because i listen especially to glenn like he's just such a good ball knower and uh i just i i very much enjoy his insight and it calms me down a lot of times when i'm just after the game you'll like want to go take a walk and you're like oh like the um i guess what was it two fridays ago um against the sixers that was just uh brutal deandre hunter like speaking of hunter actually getting really upset and you know when it, deandre hunter gets that upset uh it's not a good call and it was uh it was pretty wild but that was like a, a wonderful game and just you're like what do you do with joel Embiid? it was one of those where joel just was able to do whatever and it was hard to get mad but it, that's just kind of how i felt this whole hawk season kevin to bring it all back to the hawks which is about 500 feels right to me like it doesn't feel when you're watching week to week and you look at the personnel and you see with, uh, I mean, Trey obviously getting a little bit better, hitting some floaters more now. Um, obviously, 45 and 10 and was awesome last night against the Spurs. But what was this about what you expected before the year, that they'd be about a 500 team if they kept the roster as is? Yeah, I think so. I think it's fair that they, sorry. I think it's fair that they had a uh, about a 500 record. You know, they're. I think if you look at the advanced statistics just based on who they've played and what kind of outcomes they've had, I think that they're projecting a little bit beyond that. Mm. But just in terms of wins and losses, they're they're at 500. They haven't really had a devastating loss yet where you say, well, that's a god-awful mm. team to lose to. Like They almost had that last night with the Spurs. Yeah. But even in that game, it's like other than turnovers, the Spurs were playing pretty well. Like They were mm. doing a good job cutting. They were you know just – doing some incredible shot making um, from three. So it was like, even that, you know, it would have been bad loss to a three and 14 team. But if you actually watch the tape, it's like, well, if they're just going to make every three pointer, then you <laughs> hit your cap and say, okay, go ahead, shoot 55% from three. And yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're about right. They have to, they have to fix stuff defensively mm. and keep Trey in the groove that he's in now, and then they're going to be a better team than what they are. Then, then they're a, a mid-Eastern Conference playoff team. Uh, but the thing that they've really got to figure out is, uh, you know, they're playing a defense that's a very aggressive defense, lots of showing, lots of uh, the center being high up in the pick-and-roll actions, and that pulls them away from the basket. And that leaves them with two problems. One is defensive rebounding. Mm. Uh, if Jalen Johnson gets healthy, that helps a lot of that because mm. they just need a big rebound, big big rebounding power forward. And they have that in Jalen Johnson. They don't have John Collins now because mm. he's in Utah. But with Jalen Johnson is healthy, then they can kind of get that. If the big is up, you know, you've got his rebounding four, who's probably the you know second best rebounder on the team behind Capella. Mm. Uh, and then the other thing they've got to figure out is okay, you've got the big up, you've constantly pulling in. Uh, the, the the defender on the weak side, who's the low man, he's got to be close to under the basket. And a lot of times that's a guard. Sometimes it's a forward. Um, but when they do that, they're getting absolutely chomped up on backups, mm. like worst in the league, 
worst in the league by like a standard deviation. Like they're just mm-hmm. not good at that. And they have to have better awareness. I don't know. I, I want to ask Quinn Snyder when they're back in Atlanta, like how do you get more aware? Do you have to have your defender who's under the rim, like watching two things at the same time? Do you need somebody telling him in his ear, hey, cut, cut, cut? You know, mm-hmm. what is it so that that guy who's there zoning up sort of the weak side, trying to protect the rim, trying to, you know, be the blocker in the paint uh, when, you know, cutters and guys come down the lane, like he's got to be more aware of the one coming in from the backside. And he, right now they're just not, and they're terrible at it. And there are a couple of culprits uh, right now. Sadiq Bay is a big culprit for that. He's got to be better. He's got to, he's got to work on a couple of things. One is, you know, being more aware of where these cuts are coming from. And then just the nuances of position, like being two feet to the left or to the right makes a big difference in that situation. Mm. He doesn't look entirely comfortable yet. So hopefully with more reps, better recognition, he will get more comfortable in that where right now it doesn't look particularly good and it, it makes the absence of Jalen Johnson hurt that much more. Yeah. And I, it's just also like your expectations or what's realistic. Is that really realistic for Sadiq Bay? And based on what we've seen from him to this point in the career, he's still not an old, like he's, what is he? 24, 23. What is Sadiq at this point? I want to say he's in his fourth season. I'm not yeah. sure about age. Okay. At that point, like fourth season in the NBA, is he going to become like a great defender? Probably not. That probably is not going to be a thing. It's just a little bit better. Like you said, yeah. the two feet, just a li- incrementally a little bit uh, more than what we've gotten to this point. Yeah, like he, he might not be a great defender, but he has to be better in that situation. Yeah. And this might be his first season in that specific type of situation. Like that, mm-hmm. he probably hasn't been in a scheme that has done it this much. I know with the Hawks last year, he wasn't in this situation as yeah. much as he is now, which is like, you know, 50% of the plays that he's on the court. Like, mm. I know it wasn't like that for him last season. So I do think reps are important, even if he has some NBA experience. It's just not something they've done that much of up until this point. What did you see? Because Jalen, I think, has been the story this year. Up, up until the injury, what Jalen was doing, I did not see coming. Like, I was pretty high on AJ Griffin uh, in that pick and what we saw last year. And it, it seems like, to this point at least, Jalen's the big winner from the Quinn higher and aj's probably the big loser to this point things can change but it just seems like it was going to go one of two ways with those two guys because it's just there's only so many minutes there's only so many opportunities and someone's gonna especially with collins moving on it just kind of opened the door because aj just can't play that stretch four um at this point in his career maybe he doesn't grow into that kind of size and that kind of ability but jalen just took off and it was something like we didn't really see we saw maybe Inklings last year. I don't know if you saw, but that's what I'm curious about because did I miss something with Jalen that this was coming that he could become? I mean, there's all-star potential with Jalen Johnson based on what we saw um, before the injury. I mean, what do you what what did you see about Jalen before this year, and what do you think he can still evolve and even get better at when he comes back from injury? I don't think there are too many surprises because I do think that you know, the, the starting points were there. Like we mm. knew he was a great rebounder. Like he just yes. high points the ball beautifully. We knew that he's got great vision when he's looking for teammates and he's got very good handles, especially in the open floor and transition. Like I do think that he's like a top 2% player, even among NBA players in transition, just in terms of mm. how good he is with handles, how good he is with passing and how physical he can be when he gets to the rim. Like he is just going to, go over you, go through you. He's going to find a way to get to the rim in transition. So I think we knew all of those things. I think what we didn't know, 
and what might be a little bit of surprise. I think the biggest thing is shooting. Hmm. I think if you watched him with the Hawks, he played a lot. I'm sitting here in College Park right now. Hmm. Like if you watched him, he got a lot of reps with College Park a couple of seasons ago. He didn't look like this kind of shooter. Like even if you just watch him in warmups, it'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm not sure if that's going to come. Hmm. And now you watch him and it's like, where did this come from? Like it's just, just beautiful balance. He's got this nice sort of – he gets under the ball. Like it's just a beautiful jump shot. And that Have you asked him about how what happened there? I haven't. No, I haven't gotten to that yet. That, that, it's on the to-do list. Okay. Sorry. Um, that's no, curious. That's yeah. perfectly reasonable. And I think the other thing is we were just talking about Sadiq. Mm. He, uh, you know, Jalen has unbelievable physical tools. Like mm. he's just bigger than Sadiq. And he just covers a lot of ground if he has to be two places at once. But just the overall awareness when he's sort of that help man on the weak side. Mm. Like It's like having a second rim protector out there. Like he just does a great job. If Capella or if Okongwu is up defending, having Jalen Johnson around the rim is just this wonderful security blanket. He's just been really good, aware, uh, and just play with this physical level that uh, I don't know that it's a surprise, but it's something that you had to see. And now that I've seen it, I, I believe in it. The biggest difference you've seen from the Quinn Snyder coach Hawks versus the Nate McMillan coach Hawks on the court has been what? I think offensively, the shot quality has gotten better. Hmm. Um, you know, one of the things that they do, especially with the starting group, mm. is that uh, is is that uh, there's a lot more attacking from the from an angle instead of from the mm. middle of the floor. Like the the actions that Trey and Clint Capella will do will mm. come from the middle of the floor. Uh, they used to come more from the middle of the floor under Nate. Mm. For a second. Oh, sorry about that. No, you're okay. Um, they, they used to work from the middle of the floor a lot under Nate. Mm. Now it's Trey and Clint, you know, a lot more dribble handoff, a lot more coming in from an end. Mm. And... That helps some players and harms others. Hmm. Uh, I think it was a little bit of an adjustment for Trey. Changes his passing angles a little bit, and he's getting a little better flow now than he had at the beginning of the season. Hmm. Uh, I think for DeJounte, it's great. And for other players like Sadiq, DeAndre Hunter, it's great because if Trey and Clint are working on one side of the floor, when you swing the ball to the other side of the floor, suddenly they have more space than they used to have. Hmm. So early in the season, it seemed like that was really uh, advantageous for DeJounte. I think the player for whom it's most difficult is Clint. Hmm. I think he's really sort of struggled offensively not being in the middle of the floor. Mm -hmm. um, it, I think it, you know, just sort of math and hypotenuse and right angle geometry, like he, mm -hmm. the longer distance, it seems like, on some of these plays where – he's he's not slipping the screen he's like holding the screen a little bit longer and he mm -hmm. gets a little bit behind on the pick and roll and he just doesn't have the, the the lightning quick attacks at the rim that he used to have in nate's offense now it takes a little bit longer for him to get there mm -hmm. um and so i think you know at times especially for clan i don't think this is a bigger problem for him yet i think he's a little more comfortable i think onyeka's passing helps him out in these situations as well too because it's it's not a get a shot at the rim or bust kind of play with Onyeka mm -hmm. uh, like it is for Clint. 
But I think it's it's a struggle for Clint Capella offensively, trying to come in from an angle on these plays that take a little longer to develop. And, you know, in like the Boston game a few days ago, they were kind of just trapping Trey and say, Clint, do whatever you want. We've got a big mm-hmm. guy guarding the corner shooter. We'll meet you at the rim if you get there. But anything between the three-point line and the rim, you can have whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, midway through the quarter, third quarter, Snyder took him out and he didn't come back in again. So, hmm. you know, I, I think they've got to figure out how to make things work for Capella offensively. But other than that, by and large, I think the shot quality in the Quinn Snyder era is, is better than what it is for Nate McMillan, for everybody except for Clint. I like it. Final question here for you, Kevin. I just, I don't know if a trade's likely. I don't know what you would give up. Capella and Trey just have an unbelievable chemistry still. Like, even with what you're talking about with Capella and the adjustment there, like, there are still moments where you're like, man, Trey doesn't even have to look at Capella ever again, and he'll find him. Like, they just have this. Yeah. They, they just were have on the same page last night. This, yeah. And you just watch it. And that's why I've always been when Hawks fans have thrown Capella and trade rumors. I'm like, Trey's going to have to sign off on this. Trey is going to be involved because Trey is so close to Capella. Like they just have a connection. And I just, I've always been kind of dubious and Nyeka hasn't really run with it. Like he, he hasn't shown you enough to be like, yeah, he can be the 36 minute guy at the five. We can get a little bit thinner at the, the five and we'll be okay. Like, I don't know what the move is because Jalen's made the jump and you don't want to take any minutes from him. You have DeAndre Hunter still hanging around like DeJounte and Trey are obviously locked in. I don't know. Like the Pascal Siakam stuff never really made sense to me from a basketball uh, fit standpoint. But it also seemed like he wouldn't be happy in this kind of scenario, in this kind of offense and with uh, a lot of mouths to feed with these guys. And I also think it would hurt Jalen Johnson's development at this point um, with what he can ultimately be uh, with this group. I don't know. Do you see uh, a, a busy trade deadline for them in a couple months? Or do you think Quinn and company are going to ride this out and just kind of see what they have for the, the full season? I mean, it does seem like a lot of it would hinge on what you think you could get out of a Kong Wu mm-hmm. if his role were elevated. Yeah. And, you know, he's got two things to figure out. And other than that, he's a magnificent basketball player. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's, it's just a world of difference when he's on offense compared to when Clint is on offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the, the level of passing, just all the little nuances of footwork and sort of presenting yourself as a pass target. Um, he's just a wonderful offensive basketball player and a great defender, too. Mm-hmm. The two things he has to figure out is, you know, we've, we've talked about the defensive scheme. Mm-hmm and how the big is higher up the floor. Uh, you know, two seasons ago, Akongwu had a lot of challenges with defensive rebounding. And Travis Schlenk, when he was the GM, almost called him out on it. You know, mm. Akongwu has to be a better defensive rebounder. And he, and, and he said that in an offseason, Akongwu comes back and was a better defensive rebounder. Like, he did get better at it. Mm. Now, he's got the challenge of elevating it again in this new scheme because now he's higher up the floor. He's trying to, def- uh, to get these defensive rebounds where he's in a lot of cases has the outside position instead of the inside position mm. because he's coming from higher up the floor. And that's been a big challenge for him. They have, they have just hemorrhaged offensive rebounds with the Kong out there. But a lot of times it's, you can see the challenge. He's a six, eight guy 
he's being really aggressive, but, you know, he just doesn't have the position coming from where he's coming from. It works great when Jalen's out there with him. Mm-hmm. But when he's not out there, it gets ugly. So, you know, they, they need to either a Kongwu to get better. They need Johnson to get healthy. They maybe need another rebounding power forward. They got a couple guys in College Park down here who look like, you know, at least halfway decent rebounders. I don't think that they're going to be elevated to the rotation anytime soon, but uh, it, it is something that they're good at. But they've got to get, uh, you know, some, some more rebounding out of the four position uh, until Johnson gets healthy. I like it. Kevin, what can the good books check out from you across the internet in ATL 29 this week? Yeah, that's it. ATL and 29 podcast. It's, you know, we're, we're not an everyday group. It's once or twice a week uh, trying to analyze a couple of games at a time and, and take a, like you, you mentioned at the top, you know, take that wide philosophical outlook and give a breakdown of what's happening. It's great. I cannot encourage it enough, not just for Hawks fans, but for everybody on uh, YouTube and every any, any basketball fan uh, is better off listening to Kevin and Glenn talk hoops for an hour. It's good. I, I, I very much enjoy it, and I appreciate you doing great work, Kevin, covering the team and all that good stuff. So uh, have yourself a great rest of your day, and let's do it again soon. Thank you. Appreciate it, Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.